<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Wait, Brian, I feel like, um, you know how a lot of podcasts have their little like outro sound, you know, whether it's, you know, my favorite murder with like Elvis want a cookie, little stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, so now the Troy's Drive-In, they got a new speaker system, and all day and night long, it's just, you know, like, you'll hear it in a minute, and I feel like we should go do an audio soundbite of that guy screaming. <laughs> that would be great. It would be our amazing outro. There's a big Groundhog Day celebration in Iowa, and naturally, specifically, where they like they get up in the morning and just start drinking, and then they like wait for the groundhog. And then whether or not he shows his face. But people just get up and start getting fucking sloshed at like 7 a.m. And Brian and I were there. This was a handful of years ago. We met my family there because they had bought tickets to see Book of Mormon in Des Moines. But it was, you know, it was great. It was a great yeah. middle ground. Got to meet the fam there. So we get up early. My friend Kate, who I waited to the tables with a buka like years ago, lived Where's there. The and bell? she was like, Where's meet the bell? us. Hold on um, one second. <laughs> she's cute, yeah. So she was like, meet us at this, the Miller, it was like the Miller shit. It was like Miller High Life bar. It was, uh, yeah, I think it was just called the High Life. Yeah, it was called the High Life. And you go oh, in yeah. and everything is like covered head to toe in like Miller High Life decor. It's fucking rad. It's super this 70s, my grandfather's early favorite 80s beer. out. And you go and people are like drinking their faces off. Like I got there and Kate's like, oh my God, you're here. And I immediately ordered us two shots. It was like 8 a.m. I was like, okay, here we go. But I saw no more than three times, because they have shag carpeting there, I saw no less than three times, like, a full pitcher of beer be knocked over and spilled <laughs> directly onto the shag carpeting And you on know rug. that they don't, like, deep clean those no! carpets all the time. I mean, it's called the high life, so the whole place just smells like piss beer, you know? I oh, mean... It was fucking hilarious. You should have seen the bathrooms in this place by, like, 10 a.m. Just, like, destroyed. Do you Do you remember when Denny's used to have um, the... The carpet, like that green, that like, that like One. green carpet. Sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Winnie, get down. Anyways, Denny's carpeting. Yeah, I remember Denny's. Well, okay, so for me, it was Friendly's. Mm-hmm. But so Friendly's had, is like a, um, it's a diner, but they have uh, ice cream is, they're like sort of known for their ice cream shops as well, but they had, like maroon carpet all the time. And then Denny's had that weird 
shade of green carpet with like the the gold piping. Right. Remember that? Like it's, when you were little? It's always like gold piping and yeah. if it was fancy, usually in the in the grain of the carpeting, like the name of the you right. know, the right. restaurant was also spelled out in beautiful font. Right. But I feel like especially growing up most of the restaurants we went to as kids were carpeted. Like it was hardwood was not fancy. A thing. Yeah. No. It's funny that nobody thought like, hmm, like small fibers might catch particles of everything. But it was like an, an industrial like restaurant style carpeting, which would still get matted down and gross after a while. There'd still yeah. be like fucking whatever had like fallen in there matted in like dark like flattened areas of the yep. carpet that you would see and mm-hmm. it just becomes slick and that was a tell for like a dingy restaurant too to be like they don't have fresh carpet their carpet's like matted down yeah, like, yeah, a, a to, candle definitely fell on this part of the you'd carpet. have to like tear it up and redo it it just seems like not like I feel like that would be something easy to figure out at the get you like think. perhaps we shouldn't do this Um, I mean when you think about that you're, you're just like these restaurants truly it's kind of like when you cut open a tree and you study the rings to kind of like see how old the tree is. It's like you can take, you can biopsy Uh like a corner of the restaurant carpeting and be like in 1973, someone spilled some split pea soup into this. Well, I blame the people who, you know, invented the little carpet, like the pusher, roller. the little pusher, the little little vacuum pusher. What are those things called? A crumb Spe- relocator. A crumb relocator where you would have – those make such a very specific noise too, like the little plastic like – Oh, those poor people who have to come like overnight Well, No, 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 no. Like The, the restaurant the, the, sleeps? No, like the, the bus boys, like the little instant non-electric. Oh, 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 oh I know what you're talking about. Dude, they have that like, in my restaurant. It's like, the, it's like the restaurant. old school pedometer of vacuum cleaners. Right. right. That, that is still you like they have that we have little rugs by the back door and they use that for the rugs the I think it's roller. because you don't have to plug it in yeah right and disturb the guests right but it's got such a specific noise right right it's like a <laughs> it's, it's very contained mine sounds like, very... a, like a like a cat being run over but that's okay those were real those were real pops in the 80s <laughs> I do want to say, Andrea, do you remember in Austin, did you go to Don's Depot with me? I don't know. It was the train car bar? No. Okay. <sighs> oh, my God. You'd say no more. Have you that been? Sounds, or no? That oh. sounds like heaven to oh, me. Oh, <laughs> Kyle, you would just be in heaven at this place, but I'm about to top everything we've just <laughs> spoken about carpeting-wise. This bar is pro- – I mean, it's a train car turned into a bar – Still, you know, serving people since the good year of like 1940 or something like that. The bathrooms are carpeted walls and floors and ceilings. (sighs) That's like a spore condominium. Really, it's it's just like a petri dish, a poop tree dish. (laughs) Oh my God, I still want to drink there. Oh Oh, yeah, I'm there. I'm I'm going to go. I just recommend like kind of clear your whole palate and for your immune boost, like just a shot of 151 right before you walk out the door. What is 151? It's rum that's 151 proof. And that means that's the alcohol level? Yeah. And you can set it on fire. That's how much alcohol. So it's I know. I told you about how Laura- 100 proof is 50% alcohol. So then this is, you know, what's half of 151, what 125.5 or- 75.5, 75.5, sorry, proof. Got it. So does, is that the same as like in wine, how it says like, you know. 17%? Yeah. Yeah. 17% is what it is. So I don't actually, so if you double it, that's the proof. 
got it. So then it's like 34 proof. Right. And that's why you that only shit. That's why you only do a shot. So Laura went to a bar with her sister. The guy poured a shot of 151 and then lit it on fire. And you're supposed to, you can, you, uh, you put your arm to it, like to the rim of the glass and it suctions to your skin because, you know, like the heat takes all the oxygen out. So Laura was a little drunk. It was like, I'm going to try it and put it on her like hip sort of area. It adhered so quickly that she they couldn't get it off. It burned a literally like a whole ring in her skin. And she's got this horrific like scar. It is. <laughs> it's a 151 scar. Yes. Whoa. Yes. You I'll can't... ask her to send a picture. Yes. <laughs> I mean, tiki bars, I don't know if they're technically supposed to be lighting things on fire, but they used to do all that shit, like a flaming Dr. Pepper. Well, I think this was in, I want to say this was in like Davidson, like by sort of like a college area. Yeah, but, but it, still, and it's like, that's you, like you the know, worst place to have fiery drinks. Oh my God. It was so funny. It's so funny. She, she was so embarrassed, but also thought it was so hilarious. And she sent like a photo stream of like what had happened. And then the aftermath. And it's, she's like, now I have a second degree burn. Oh, it's like a, I don't know how many degrees can go, Probably. but it's, it's bad. It's, it's still, it would happen like six years ago and she still has it. She sh still has a scar from it. Oh, that's not, that's not going to go away. Easily. No, no. <laughs> Well, guys, welcome to Side Work Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hey, guys, I'm Andrea Wallace. And I'm Kyle June Williams. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, we're dealing with two dogs who are sassing it up. Uh, just, just to get you up to date, Winnie has been barking at my grill, which leads me to believe there's something living inside of it. Oh, oh okay. She's got an uncanny, there, there are lizards inside of it, unfortunately. I, put her, I have put her to sleep pretty well. I'm yeah. just like, you're coming with me. You're going to go to sleep right next to That's me. That's right. I know. Okay. So a lot of interruptions by the dogs. We just have to lull. I need to get something to drug them when we do this CBD. podcast. Okay. Yep. Just I need to. Copious amounts. Just need to get them high. Um, but today's topic, we're so stoked to go in on the topic of diners, the diner experience, diner waitresses, like how... And why this is such a specific American dining experience. The origin of diners basically started in Rhode Island. Uh, I'm not really getting a date on this, but I'm going to imagine early 1900s. But this guy named Water Scott, everyone has the craziest names at the turn of the century, um, he repurposed a horse-pulled wagon into a car that served sandwiches, coffees, pies, and eggs to people late at night. Oh, I love pie. Oh, God. Isn't that amazing? It sounds wonderful. And basically, he found, like, a real niche market. You know, you've got men kind of getting off jobs at odd hours, and all your normal establishments are closed. Maybe, you know, they don't have food at home, whatever. And so he saw a boom with this. But, yeah, the, the Nighthawks at the diner painting is is just it's iconic um just because it's it's this particular american experience where uh people especially like in the uk or other other countries outside of america like really romanticize mm -hmm. the whole american diner thing because the only thing they really had anything like it is like the pub you know where you could get a weird like tomato sandwich while you're drinking your warm beer with no crust with no crust <laughs> but um 
So what you guys, why do you think diners are different from restaurants? They're just, they're way more laid back, right? It's where you go to have, I think diners back in the day were like a, a meeting ground for like conversation, their original coffee house in many ways, right? I also think they're reliable. The you know what I mean? Like you're never gonna, like you're always gonna get what you think you're gonna get. Yeah, yes. eggs and toast. And, and there's always like a Bible of, things that you can look through like i feel like everybody can be satiated at a diner yes unless you're like a vegan <laughs> then well yeah but that's also like but then also you just get like i would like a side of steamed spinach yeah for sure you or know just, you get god what do you get if you're vegan french fries yeah french, french fries. fries yeah because they're not dropped in any sort of like animal fat true, pancakes if they're eggless i suppose yeah, what a bummer life. Ugh. <laughs> Anyways, no, I, I, I think, yeah, exactly, where you're just like, oh, my God, like, they're open. They're like a beacon on the road. You're like, oh, 24-hour, like, thank God. Right. And you just know you're going to get some uh, some eggs, some toast. And, and, like, I feel like the beautiful thing is, like, you don't deviate, you know? Mm -hmm. You're like, I want a grilled cheese with tomato on it just because I know it's going to be fucking perfect oh yeah this is the place where i'm like where's how's the tuna melt what's the tuna melt situation it's happening oh, it's also yeah. saturday morning yeah. and i i've only had a banana so i'm kind of like i'm drooling just talking about all this food <laughs> already tuna melts oh it sounds so good right now you know a tuna melt and like being also in uh, in california because sourdough is a big thing here mm. oh man is it good um, but like, then we have these things, right. Then we're talking about, about diner food, having very specific things. So we've got like, you have like your breakfast sandwiches, you have your French toast, you have your Denver omelet, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, um, everyone knows that like holy trifecta that goes into an omelet. Oh, you know? the Denver. And like for me, when I'm feeling a little fancy, I'll be like, I'll have a Greek omelet, please. Oh. You know, which lots of Greek families own diners. It's yes, a huge this is true. deal. I mean, Across the whole country. There's tons of Greek diners in Florida, even. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, like, the entire East Coast is just, like, Greek from diners. the top to the bottom is all Greek diners. And it yeah. really even bleeds over, even into the Midwest. In Michigan, where I'm from, it's, like, the Greek, the Greek immigrants and settlers, like, they basically discovered and made the Coney dog, which has Whoa. amazing Greek origins. Because, like, Greek people knew about spices like cumin, you know, where, like, nobody else in America. They were yeah. like, there's salt and pepper, you know? Yeah. But, no, that's what they were saying about the architecture is that um, you would get basically, like, German sheet metal workers, French-Canadian carpenters to make these diner buildings. So the, the diner restaurants actually reflect the melting pot of America – and all of the new cultures that had like, yeah. So they're cool. like, they're like, they're like truly American if you think about it, because it includes all the immigrants that helped shape our country. You know, wow. well, how, how ironic that we call it an American tradition. I know. it's other people's traditions folded into create something well, but, new. But that's America. And so many people oh, don't 100%. understand yeah. what, the, like the way it's been co-opted by white like, people. There's nothing more American than a giant numbers, you know? It, Exactly. But I mean, the fact that we have all the fucking delicious food that we get to eat in this country, I feel very lucky about oh, it. it's the best. Can you imagine if we were still like, you know, basically like New England or like New Amsterdam, like horrible British and Dutch food rain? I mean, thank God people moved here. You just boil that meat until it falls apart and then you smash it back together in intestines and that's dinner. Oh, my good God. Um... 
but even though the first ever uh, diner in Rhode Island is considered a historic place and has been preserved for posterity. Um, but yeah, or like, especially, you know, when the diners became specifically Greek, one of the best things to like post up an order is a, is a, a gyro, a gyro. Yeah, a gyros. I mean, it's, it's, there's, gyro, there's a place gyro. in Chicago called Hubs, which was the place specifically from like, oh, you like the juice, SNL sketch. <laughs> that is where it was from. And it was close to where Brian and I lived. And we went there way too much for a good like two years, I would say. But they had like uh, painted murals of the SNL sketch on the wall oh, because they were that. so famous for it. But they totally did like gyro, gyro. They had it on the spit and they'd have like the fucking electric knife and like, and like shave it off for you and they also did ribs which was a big thing there oh yeah and then all the breakfast all the sandwichy all the deli stuff at the same time but that place was fucking packed all the time and this there weren't any servers it was all counter service but it was the kind of place where like the neighborhood older Ooh. dudes would sit and converse for like hours and that's, wow. the, that's the thing, too, is, right, so you've got the spots where I, I think there are two distinct experiences with, uh, you know, the service staff. So you've got what you're talking about, the counter service where your short order cook is your waiter and your cashier. And those places, mwah, like, they just have such a place in my heart. I always think of the Diner Grill oh God, in Chicago. Have we told you about the diner grill? No, Kyle? I don't know what the diner oh, grill is. God. Talk about a train car. That's like, it was essentially like a train car, like a, like a mobile home, if you will, shape. The diner grill opened 24 hours a day across the street from the long room, one of our favorite bars in Chicago. So after you were done drinking your face off, you would stumble across and it was only bar seats. Mm -hmm. And the short order cook was also your cashier. Yes. You would tell him what you wanted and he then you just would drunkenly like stare at him, make your food, which was the funnest thing to see in the oh, world. Love it. Um, I mean, I was always like a eggy, cheesy, sandwichy girl there, I feel. Or some or with hash browns, with right. oniony, oniony hash brown hash browns. But they had this thing there called the fucking slinger, which was <gasps> I remember like the slinger. The slinger oh, was like two hamburger patties plus chili plus hash browns plus eggs plus probably bacon and cheese. And like it was this huge pile of just fucking hashy slop. And like they had, if you ate it, you got it for free. <laughs> if you ate the whole thing, you finish the whole thing. Would you have to eat two? I think you had to eat two. You it was more than two. just one. Oh my but good James god! James Fritz like kind of introduced me to that place back in the day. Oh my god. Did they take your picture and put it up on the wall? No, it wasn't that kind of place. They were like, whatever, we don't care. Yeah, they didn't do anything like that. There was Good no luck. room for it. There was no room for it. So basically, you well, the way it would happen, too, is you would, there would be two lines formed behind the people who got the bar seats. So you waiting online so, to hop in. So it would just be drunk oh. people pressed up against each other like a literal train car or subway car, but there was a jukebox in the corner. And if everyone was cool and in a good mood, you'd put on some Willie Nelson and people... I would like slow dance and just be a goof with like all of our friends. I, 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 there were nights where I'd put like five bucks in and just play like third, I'd pay 20, play 20 songs and be like, enjoy everybody. <laughs> You're welcome. Sliding out of there. I mean, God, that place is so good. And they had the, um, they had the best like Kelly green vinyl 
uh, coverings yes. on their on their on their booth seats that you would oh, sit at cool. the counter seats that just like kind of made the dingy whiteness and like shitty lights like everything kind of popped in a way. Mm. They had a big fire uh, a couple of years ago and only recently reopened. Okay, I, oh, when, wow. When you, yeah, when Andrea shared that information with me, I was like a part of my soul. Yeah, like two of our favorite places in Chicago just like burned down. But at least the bowling alley is gone forever. But at least the diner grill reopened. I mean, I feel like that place is super flammable though. Oh God, that's what I said. I was like all that fucking old grease, yeah. like everywhere. We were there one time and a, a friend of ours, uh, Kevin, like he'd never been before and he ordered the pancakes. And I was like, oh weird. Cause I'd never, I was like, I think I was judgy. I will say I was judgy about it. I was like, that's not the best thing on uh, pancakes, whatever. But when he got them, I was, I watched them being made and they were just like swimming on fucking griddle seasoning where like hamburgers oh, and bacon yeah. and like all these other <laughs> things have been made. So I, when he got him, I took one bite and I was like, this is the best pancake I've ever fucking had in my it's life. It's a savory pancake. Yeah. Seasoned with beef. The thing though about when you're the cook and the server and the cashier is like, you just have to say, what do you want? You owe me this much. And right. that's the level of... They command such respect. Lots of cash too. So of course, yeah. They don't they don't got time to fuck around with like swiping credit cards no. and keeping track of receipts. Yeah, cash only for sure. But there is it's like if you don't behave, you don't get the food. So it's like you just don't mess with the guy yeah. who's taking your order and making your food. And so I feel like there's just like they have total control over that situation. Cause I love that. But then I'm thinking there was the diners you would go to, which still exists. Like the Talleyrand, I think, is like this in Burbank, which if you guys have never been to the Talleyrand in Burbank, it no. is it is like an I, – I think Johnny Carson went there and ate like back Hell in yeah. the day, you know. Um, but uh, it's where you, you'll go and you sit, you get your ticket, but then you have to go to the cashier at the end to pay. Right, right. That situation That's where your like server a- is separate and you, you go and there's one specific cashier at the end. And then you have to run back up to the table and, and that's, put it Yeah, tip. that's where like oh. the toothpicks are and the peppermint discs are and like. And the dessert to go home with you case. The pick and save know? magazines. Love and this. Like- <laughs> and coupons. Like when we would leave big boys too, they would always have free concert tickets to this venue called pine knob and it would just be like you know tickets for bands that could not sell out this huge outdoor venue so i saw like slaughter warrant like (laughs) Like free tickets free tickets of big boy you know the original bob's big boy is also in burbank you know so we got to do a little you know i think like a a, i mean burbank is burbank's old riddled with all the old stuff i mean there's also like the apple pan i want to go to the apple pan which is technically is it's a diner but they're supposed to have like they're always voted best burger in los angeles i think it's a pico area but like yeah there's uh, that's like a really cool thing about la is all these old school diners yeah the, the, basically kind of like diving in and doing, I'll get a little bit back on our outline, but doing some of this research last night and thinking about it. And, you know, I, the idea popped up because there was a, this American life episode that was, um, that was recorded in, in 2000 and they did basically 24 hours 
in this diner called the Golden Apple. Oh, I've, I've listened to that. It was on it's a week ago. And I just like was like, God, I just have fully become this person who goes to these fancy, overpriced, sceny things, which God bless, there's there's a time and a place for that. But I fully, like in this research, I was like, dude, I want to double down on supporting some of these local, small, simple, like, because they're going to be gone in a blink of an eye before oh, yeah. we know it. And I never went to the Golden Apple as much as I did because it wasn't as close to home. But that one was, it always like stood out a little differently. Mm -hmm. Like it had, it, there's the decor. They had a big patio in the front too. Yeah. Cool. But I definitely spent so many drunken nights at Chicago diners. It's like just such lovely memories of just being. Golden Angel, all like, of us. Always Golden Angel. So who goes to diners? Right. Old Older people. Older people love so, diners. They know what to expect. Uh, drunk people. Drunk, 100%. So far, I'm usually only falling into the, that category yeah. of drunk or being the diner waitress myself. I feel like when you want to conspire to rob a bank, you go and sit at a diner. Very Pulp Fiction. Yes, yes you're right. Yes. Um, There's also like the different shifts that people pull at a diner. Like who's there for breakfast? Who's there for of lunch? Course. And God, why is someone there eating Truckers? Of course, yeah. truckers. truckers. Why is someone there eating like they're like they're like steak and onions for dinner? Like who orders these dinner entrees and like thinks of it as like liver and onions? Like kind I feel of like situation. creatures of habit. Yeah, creatures of habit. You neighborhood got, people. You got neighborhood people. You've definitely got. We were talking about like cops, like because mm. police officers always usually get free coffee mm -hmm. and very very discounted food. Um, you have your graveyard shift workers, mm -hmm. whether you're at a hospital or a more blue collar yeah. sort of job. Family, family on a budget anyone mm. on a road trip kids oh teenagers kids. teenagers oh, yeah. oh teenagers for sure when i in omaha growing up in this in west omaha in the suburbs like there was a village inn that we went to like near oakview mall that's where james dunn and i like pretty much met because we went to different high schools and it'd be like the cool like the theater kids and like the, the art scene kids would all go and hang oh. out and smoke cigarettes at the village and yep. not order like order coffee drink all the coffee provided yeah, really like not really i would eat they let me order off the kids menu i'd get a kids grilled cheese and then we didn't spend any money i did actually i tipped pretty well for like sitting in a section for like Ever and ever. I remember I'd always tip like 100%. It was a $5 and I'd leave 10, you know? I don't know how I could glaze over this, but <laughs> there is the, mo the most famous diner in South Florida is this place called the Floridian. And it has floor-to-ceiling pictures of famous people who have either gone there or Guy famous Fieri. people who sit there. But it is, I love it so much because it is a staple of South Florida and everybody goes there, yes. but it's locals. Like I, I do have to say, I think diners are a place for locals as like maybe stopper throughers, but locals very much. So it is the equalizer of Agreed. any where it's just like, it doesn't matter who you are, rich, poor race, class, like the whole thing. Diners are like, come on in, get, get a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. And stay a while. And you they know? always smell like a mixture of toast and soup and ice cream. Floridian has the most delicious banana pancakes I've ever had in my whole life. It's also just like such a good place for people watching because there's so many cool like like either like the gays or the old people or just like the random people who live in Florida still for year round purposes. 
Um, I love the Floridian. If you're ever in South Florida, okay. I highly recommend, recommend I love it. recommendations like that. Uh, I love it. And I love like a mixing and melding of cultures and even like lifestyles and like yeah. walks of life with that. Well, like, this isn't kind of like an, uh, it's on Las Solas, which is sort of like a, like a, ooh, like a nicer area, but it's a very much like you're saying an equalizer, like everybody goes there. And I think that's so beautiful that like they've, they've stood the test of time Oh yeah, where they haven't really changed, but they're so embraced by the communities that like, they're just, they're thriving forever yeah I mean it's the kind of situations where you've got these diners where you have like three generations mm -hmm. in one family that like they take over that's their job they like get older and then they run the diner and like dad and mom retire and like and then that person's children will do the same thing it's fucking awesome well, like what it, you can't say that about no like so many restaurants and you also can't say about restaurants like they're not um diners don't have high turnover with people working there i feel like people it's like oh 100%. their job and it they're proud maybe not even proud of it but it's like they're nine to five if you will of course there's a lot of pride in being that diner waitress because it's like once you're in yeah you're, you're just in if you yeah. show up and do your job like they need you no one's you know really gonna be trying to fire you and mm -hmm. there's just again there's like a level of respect that i would say obviously it's not across the board 100 but i don't think people who come to diners are fussy they know True. what they're getting so it's like you can have this very like with your regular where you see them come in the door you just put the cup of coffee down yep i think it's actually a really streamlined amazing way to be a waitress you you know yeah. your regulars, you know what they're going to get. And it's just like, boom, it's transactional. I was just going to say, yeah. And with everybody else, it's, it's fairly easy. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you can substitute whatever you want. You can like, just, just tell me what you want. You worked at like a counter, right? Uh, uh, no, it was, it was a true was diner. A true diner. Yep. It was, uh, you, there were a few bar seats where you could like pull up and watch them sling hash and you know, the, the the Greek style slop where I suggested to them one day and blew their mind. I was like, have you guys thought about um, putting the peppers and onions like just on the grill? Because they would do this like awful stew and then put stewed peppers Ew. into the omelets. And they were like, what? Because it's like, that's the way they'd been doing it for 20 years. And I was like, have you thought about doing that fresh? And like oh. blew their mind and changed one menu item at Sparty's and Coney is Island. Is your photo on the wall? Is it framed? No, of course not. Oh, I told you boy, it's just the weird boy, Greek oh, owners, boy. an oil painting of them. <laughs> um, but wait, so, so I was a diner waitress, which I've spoken about, but here are some fun facts about diner waitresses. So going back to a lot of stuff we've mm. talked about, um, of course, we didn't really patronize diners ourselves until about the 1920s. Um, because they were parked across from factories and filled with laborers and it had, again, that saloon type atmosphere. And so women didn't feel comfortable. But then, of course, after World War Two, all that changed. Um, and so in 1941, this 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 is amazing. There was a publication called The Diner Magazine. And this writer named Sam Yellen listed reasons why women should work in diners. He said women will work for less pay. Mm. True. <laughs> women will work harder than men. Mm. True. Women are always happy. Mm. Mm. Women can we'll talk. Make they fake that. it. <laughs> <laughs> this I love. This is so ridiculous. Women can talk and work at the same time. Oh my god! Very true. I am good at multitasking. It's so true. Right. Women are cleaner and more efficient than men. It's true. Agree. Women are more honest than men. Agreed. Agreed. Women don't steal. Yeah. Agreed. Pretty much. We have more of a conscience. Wait, I, this one's my favorite. Women won't stay out late drinking and call in sick the next day. <laughs> that Not is, true anymore, uh, but, well. but back in the day, absolutely. Yeah. 
Well, and I also think like it's one of those things like women had families to provide for. Of course. <laughs> Just to be given an opportunity like that. This is like a Harvey Girls situation as yeah. well. It is. Yeah. And I found this really great blog called uh, called Counterculture that uh, like really celebrates waitresses and it does this whole interview with a Harvey girl. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll send you that stuff a little bit later. I mean, speaking of counterculture, there's like people that dedicate their lives to going to diners like across the USA. It's like a hobby of theirs. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, people love doing it. And you know, I was reading about this too that like, Okay, so the average career waitress at a diner can make twenty to thirty dollars an hour with tips, and some of these ladies um, have the regulars who might come in up to three times a day. Mm-hmm. You know, um, isn't that For crazy? The, the coffee and like their meal, yeah. But the thing too that I think we didn't mention is diners are also like a home away from home. Yeah, for yeah, because it's they're not really known for like takeout. You know what I mean? Right. Wow. Like you don't order from a diner, diner, go pick it up and leave. Nor would you. I nor have I ever like been like, I'll take the rest of this omelet and toast to go. I've never in my life done right, that. Right, like, right, right. You shove right. it all in your face there. Right. Don't have to have it there. Yeah. Even though their portion size is like Huge. always enormous. Yeah. Um. So, Lots of fries on those yeah. plates. So this what I I really really loved this. Um. I found some interviews and articles about diner waitresses who are well into their eighties. They've been oh. there for 50 years. And basically at diners, they're saying waitressing is easier for lifers. And kind of what I was saying, being experienced and having regular customers cuts their serving time and labor in half. Because you just see someone walk in the door, you get it going and, you know. I always do, like, I have the same, like, thing with a couple of people at my restaurant where I know what they want before Mm -hmm. they sit down. So I just sit it down for them. And... It's one of those things that's like, it, it makes you feel seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also they appreciate it, but same. Like, I don't have to take their order. I just go up and say, like, you want the regular? Yeah, great, cool, put it in, done. Well, and we On see it. these fixtures time and time again in, in movies about diners where, like, the regular dudes come in and there's the camaraderie happening at the counter, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they want to be in on it. They want to be a part of the conversation. It's very much, like, why I will, like, fight tooth and nail, you know, for the integrity of my favorite dive bars. Like, when we've just spoken about mm-hmm. bartenders who mm-hmm. make you feel welcome it's like you want that out of your local diner when you're in the club it's like the best feeling it's so great well i love that this waitress named ina her name is ina capitan i love that name and that's such a great name she's 83 and she said waitressing helps my arthritis if i stayed home and did nothing i would be crippled my doctor says whatever you're doing keep doing it you know she's got those like she's got those tan stockings she puts on and great legs yeah when you're when you hustle for that long you know you, you got some great legs Guys, let's talk diner coffee. Can we describe what a cup of diner coffee looks, tastes, and feels like? Now, here's (laughs) the thing. Then, I'm going to say this, and I feel like, do you like Dunkin' Donuts coffee? You don't. I I don't. I'm not a Dunkin's. Do you like Dunkin'? I grew up on Dunkin'. I love Dunkin'. Dunkin' is home to me. Dunkin' feels like diner coffee. (laughs) I can agree. I can agree with that. And I think it's just that there's something about the aesthetic of growing, like actually getting a cup of Dunkin'. I don't know what it is. Like their, their lids always used to bother me. It's, it's just, it was a whole aesthetic thing where I just I love it. didn't totally, totally fair. Now with the cup of diner coffee, mm-hmm. you sit down, those beautiful, big ass, thick, white porcelain I mugs. Mug. I love a diner mug. 
And I am a coffee snob, but I almost treat diner coffee, it's its own version of coffee. Like it, Yeah, it I, is. I take it out of the running where I'm not like, this isn't like my pour over or my espresso I make. I am shaking my head vigorously as <laughs> if you have just made a discovery and now we need to put it in a report and get it like 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 a, a ted talk yeah not an, a ted talk or like um like the, the, that your work should be published thank you, know you. What I mean? like in a scientific discovery because i feel that also as somebody who loves duncan every time i try your coffee brook mm -hmm. i think oh this is so tasty <laughs> yet i still drink duncan it's okay it's a comfort i think the thing about the diner coffee too is it's like it's it's usually it's always fresh like it's going people are drinking the shit out of it so new pots are always being made mm -hmm. there is something very lovely about a brown mug and a, a, a like a little like carafe with like a brown rim around it like and a waitress holding the handle and it being poured and like how like they can like reach across the table and get that stream up real high and not spill Ugh. a drop you know Right, because now with like snootier coffee culture that like I'm 100% part of, it's like you pay every time you want fresh coffee. They're, they don't do refills at most places or just the exorbitant price of like $5 for some sort of latte at a restaurant. You go to a diner, your cup is it's just true. always full. They're always topping it off. Now, my other thing that I love about a diner that I think you can't talk about the coffee without talking about the tiny little individual cups of creamer. Of course. And I, as a child, was obsessed with drinking the creamer straight. I was straight. just going to say Kyle's the little, corner of creamy yep, delights. Here we just, go again. Would you like there to is, open up the jams and you just, yep, too? There, there we go. You just, you peel back the little top and it's like your own personal shot glass. I'm telling you, I would drink 10. I was obsessed your, your with that. Your diner waitress was like, and not to call him a server, but like that's a, a waitress. Like, yeah. in my opinion, like when I think of a waitress, I think of a diner waitress, you know. Granted, as a child, maybe who knew that they would always be in the life of servitude, I would stack them so that you yeah. could just, you know, throw them away quite easy. Of course. We always had the dude that um, he would put, he would hold in his hand mm -hmm. and put it like on his eye and then get a fork and he would stab like he was stabbing <laughs> his eye and it would stab into the creamer and go everywhere and everybody would be like, oh my God! Like, but that, that did happen a lot in my teenage years. We made messes. I just, I know. I, 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 I truly just, the whole idea of two, like, there's this power when you are um, the diner waitress is like so much of your shift, you just have a pot of coffee in your hand the entire shift. And you'd set it down at the table, mm -hmm. take your take your book out and be like, all right, what do you have? And, and mm -hmm. then be like, and, but everyone is like, God bless you when you talk them off. That's all I want. Uh, well, it's like the last bastion of, you know, I, I, you guys all know we God, I, I that play. We definitely are all... <sighs> trying to push forward with social norms and, and more justice and less sexism, whatever. But in the walls of a diner, I, I want a, a, a man or woman to call me toots, hun, all of those things, please because it's don't ruin equalizer. this America. It's, but I also, I think what you said earlier was like, it's really true. Like it is a place of equal footing. I mean, granted, uh, we did just talk about how women should be paid less. And that's well, that was in 1940. Right. But now, nowadays, I do feel like there is something. There's. I know I've talked about this on the like last episode, but in the show Good Girls, she she's a Retta plays a a waitress in a diner, and there is something like a like she's so like off off the cuff and talks to. There's a scene where this kid is such a dick to her and keeps. Um, 
crumpling up the receipts and putting them in his malt milkshake, <sighs> which and she asks him to please not do that. And it's but in a way that is so like it's a stern talking to, oh, yeah. but it's also like it's like wait waiter diner talk. Well, here's and the thing: it's fierce, <laughs> right? And it's like you're not going to get fired. No, these people don't understand that. Like you're part of the establishment. Yeah, you can do and say what you want. The owner the cook, the whoever, they've all got your back mm -hmm. because you know what? You're a small blip in our fucking system that's been going strong for, you know, decades at this point. But I honed confidence and comedy skills being a diner waitress because mm. I started getting really brave and kind of quick with a comeback, good with the quips. And I was just like, oh my God, there is an art to being a sass box diner waitress. It was so fun. And then now in fine dining, you have to be like, I'm sorry I exist. May I bring <laughs> may I bring you the blah, blah, blah. Like, no one's going to decrumb anything right. at a exactly. diner. Exactly. It must be so I, quiet. I, I need to uh, interject to sing the praises of diner waitresses. Because, Please, Brian. Okay. I went to school in Springfield, Missouri, um, which I need to set up the, the dynamic of this weird ass town. I apologize to anybody who may be listening in Springfield, but you probably are aware of this. Um, it's, you know, I always thought, it, I thought it was weird because it was, I'm a Midwesterner going to the South. I since found out from friends who lived further South, like Arkansas. No, Springfield is just a weird town. Um, it is, you know, oh, foothills, this. Yes, foothills of the uh, Ozarks, uh, Bible Belt, um, literally any person of color lived across the tracks. Um, and just a lot of 1993, the university had to escort, uh, keep, they did a production of the normal heart, mm -hmm. um, which Another if you're not aware, fantastic gave, play, play, um, fantastic. And the community had, they had so many death threats and bomb threats that the uh, cast was kept in a safe house and escorted through campus through the underground tunnels. This is, yeah, 1993. So cool. that's the town that this place, George's Steakhouse, 24-hour uh, diner. I don't think I ever set foot in there prior to 10 p.m. unless I was maybe day drinking. Um, waitresses were all, uh, wore the little diner dresses with yes. the white aprons over them. They were all, I think the youngest, at least at overnight, was 40, but most of them were 50-plus. Um, career waitresses could, you know, come out with stacks of plates, like six on each arm Ugh, and not need help talent. unloading them at the table. You're like, let me, nope, nope, don't nope. touch it. You can't, you cannot disrupt um, the balance. <laughs> and there was all these stories. I never witnessed this. So there were all these stories of, so the, you go late at night and the place was, uh, populated. There was the drunk redneck cowboys from locals and then the drunk college students, which was just, <laughs> yeah, inevitably things would happen. And I heard all these stories about fights breaking out, but not like fist fights, I, although I'm sure that happened too, but like where tables were tossed and people would hide behind them and massive food fights between the locals and the college kids. Oh, my God. But the best story, there was one woman there. Uh, her, name, her name was Barb, and she was... And I only say, I don't know where she identified, what her, she was a very large masculine woman. And of course, all the ignorant college students and rednecks, you know, made tranny comments behind her back. And I don't know. I, I think she was a legitimate woman, yeah. but it doesn't matter. 
She was badass. Nobody ever said shit to her face because she was a badass. And, but if you were cool to her, she loved you. So my friends, she absolutely loved us. And one night there was an 80s party that my friend Eric and I went to. And we were like, ah, we don't want to dress up in like popped collars and f flashy shorts. So let's do 80s punk. So we went all out. We had <laughs> safety pins on us. We had, he was an artist. So he draw, drew these awesome tattoos on me. I had green hair, like fake nose ring, all this. We looked great. After the party, we go to just him and me. We go to George's. We sit down. We're eating a uh, table of drunk cowboys with their cowboy hats and their belt oh, buckles boy. sitting over in the table. And I could tell that they were, like, talking about us. And it's like, whatever. you know. They were threatened. One of them gets up, comes over to our table, and says, are you boys faggots? Oh, of course. Because you look like you are. And my friend just looks up and says, no, are you a redneck? Because you look like you are. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> the entire table of cowboys stand up. and went, You're like the scooting oh, of the fuck. chairs and like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just as Barb walks around the corner, arm full of plates, looks at the guy and says, sit down. They all sit down. He goes back to the table with his head down, and they left us alone for the rest of the night because they knew Barb would kick the fucking shit out of them. There oh, was, Barb. There were stories about her, like, shoving some asshole female who was giving it, like, head into the hand dryer in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't know if it happened or not, but, yeah. And Barb was amazing. Every every woman in there was amazing, and they could all hold their own against with these drunk idiots i wish you guys could all have just seen the body language brian gave us while telling that story because it was we got a full-blown like i saw every character every character, <laughs> every character in that story brian and the well good. you embody them and i appreciate that you're a good campfire storyteller i, I also tell. love hearing stories like my like pre-brian like that well he like that we obviously we both had lives before we met but it's it's just always great because i've never heard that story before oh yeah, That's, George's Steakhouse. Still look, there. Four ninety nine steak and eggs. Oh, hell yeah. And it's just it's just a reminder, like, let's all, you know, like be like Barb, everyone. You know, just like carry yourself with dignity, be kind, be good at your job, but yep. make people know that you'll fuck their shit up if you cross this Barb. Is, this is my place, and if you don't act appropriately, I will put you in your place. Hi, Brooke. Hey, Dad. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. We're just uh, podcasting. Andrew's brought a wig uh, just to spice things up today. It was in my person last night because I'm an artist. <laughs> she was wearing it uh, in a sketch last night. But yeah, we're, we're doing an episode about diners, and I was a diner waitress in my early 20s, and we thought it'd be fun to get your perspective you were a cop for how many years? Uh, about 28. 28 years. All right. And would you say that diners are basically home base for police officers? Oh, for sure. Although it, it, it was up until the last several years. Now it seems to be, it seems to be gas stations. Really? Well, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, they don't drink coffee anymore. So they'll go into a gas station, hang around, and uh, drink energy drinks yeah, around the cooler. It's kind of kind of weird, but 
that's kind of what I'm seeing going on now. I don't see them stopping for coffee as much, you know. Maybe they'll go to a restaurant and have lunch, but, you know, the diner thing isn't... Plus, we don't really have any diners around anymore that much. Well, d- describe um, Rochester, Michigan's famous diner that is now gone. Oh, the Nugget, for the- sure. Yeah, I mean, every diner has to have an amazing name, and I think the Nugget is, like... <laughs> one of the best. Like in Chicago, in Chicago, there was like the golden nugget, the golden apple, the whole thing. Hold on one second. I'm gonna... Yeah, and my, and my favorite one that we went to, the Golden Angel. Oh, oh yeah. I took you to the Golden Angel in Chicago. You were in love. I love the Golden Angel. Well, tell me, tell me like why. Uh, so like, if you would describe the nugget in Rochester and your experience there uh, as a cop. Uh, well, it was open 24 hours. Of course. And, uh, um, you know, when you're working midnights or, or working late, you're looking for a place that's open all night. And, uh, you know, diners were kind of a traditionally a hangout spot where the guys from the different departments would occupy a corner booth, of course, so you could keep an eye on people coming in the door. You know, you always have to have your back uh, turned so that you can watch people coming in. You of know, course. Kind of Kind of a cop thing. Of course, no, that's um, that's Al Capone. Al Capone had a special booth in his bar so he could see every single corner of the bar and everyone who came in and out so no one could get the jump on him. Yeah, well, we'd kind of get out of sorts a little bit if somebody was occupying our uh, our corner spot. But, ah. uh, you know, we... But, uh, yeah, they were open all night. And, of course, most diners, they loved having uh, police officers frequent because it helped to keep the riffraff out. <clears throat> Uh, you know, the 24-hour diners kind of uh, attracted uh, a certain element, you know, at 1, 2, 3 in the morning. For sure. Um, so, and of course, they usually uh, provided uh, food to us, you know, the good old uh, half-off uh, deal that we usually got. I was going to say, it was coffee free or was the food just half-off? Coffee, coffee was always free and uh, food was uh, food was always half-off. Right on. T- tell me, tell me a classic uh, Mark Van Poplin go-to dish at the Nugget. Well, after hours, there was a cook named Bobby, and uh, Bobby would. We'd stopped at about eleven, twelve o'clock, and he'd ask us. He said, "Okay, guys, uh, what time are you coming in tonight?" Well, if everything's quiet, uh, we'll probably be at about four thirty, five o'clock, and he'd say, "What do you, what do you want?" And he'd make stuff off the menu, like potato pancakes. Uh, and so he'd bring plates of potato pancakes, regular pancakes, sausages, bacon, applesauce, sour cream, the whole thing. And, you know, we'd, we'd just have a, cream. have a feast, you know, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. How they ever made any money, I have no idea. Whether the owner ever caught on what was going on, I don't know. But we were, we were fed really well. Oh, my yeah. God. That's awesome. I what mean, you like go like run after a perp after you have full of potato pancakes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Andrea said, how do you go run after a perp after you're full of potato pancakes? Well, you know, we work in Rochester, so we didn't have to worry too much about that. <laughs> exactly. Pretty low crime uh, locale. Do you remember any of the waitresses? Oh, yeah. Yep. There was uh, there was Penny and uh, Vince was the manager. And then there was Bobby. Um, Hazel, Hazel was great. Hazel, Hazel had her two daughters work for her there. So sometimes it would be Hazel and her two daughters, uh, working, uh, as the three waitresses. 
I am just, yeah. I, I can't get enough of that. I mean, every name you just uttered is the name you would expect of someone who works at a 24 hour diner. And, you know, I, we're talking about it today too, because there's just something so, um, like, I feel like diner waitresses, they keep that job for life. Well, they, uh, you know, when the Nugget was in its heyday in the earlys, they finally changed it and tried to make it a little more, bit more upscale into the early 90s, and, you know, that didn't really work. But uh, those waitresses that I mentioned, they were there for most, you know, most of the time from the early 80s right up until they changed uh, the atmosphere of a little bit. They were there for, for the entire time, so... Uh, and then we have the other ones that would come and go, but there would be the the mainstays that were there for quite a while. And uh, did did they call any of you guys like Han, Toots, Darling? Oh, oh yeah, sure. They'd sit down with us and have coffee, and uh, you know they they uh, trade dirty jokes with us. You know the whole shop. <laughs> when restaurants were fun, oh man. Yeah, yeah. When restaurant when rest, restaurants were fun. Yep, it was. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Hazel and her daughter. I haven't thought about Hazel in years, but Hazel and her daughters. Uh, she was a typical. She was kind of like she was kind of like Roseanne Barr. Nice. I mean, she she had the wisecracking, uh, less racist thing. Oh yeah, always always with a wisecrack and always trying to fix up her daughters uh, with you know the officers and you know it, it was just yeah it was funny. That's the great thing about being a diner waitress is you get to hold court. I mean, it's just, it's your domain. Everyone else, you know, you do the whole, like, I'll get to you when I get to you, tits. And I just love that because people just do not act that way anymore. <laughs> you get fired. Yeah, right. No, it's, uh, I just watched, um, uh, was it Alice doesn't live here anymore? Yeah, mm-hmm. Was that, didn't she work at a diner? Wasn't that the movie I'm thinking of? Yes, that's that's correct. I think. And then the, the show Alice was based on that. Yes, uh, uh-huh. Right. Brian, Brian is in on. total agreement. Brian backs you up. But yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep, I just saw that for the first time uh, here oh, a few months ago. And uh, yeah, it brought back a lot of memories from the old Nugget days. Old Nugget. I love it. Of course, of course we also had, you know, we had the clock. And we had um, the Landmark Inn. We had the Coach House. Um, those were all other diners, but they were in Denny's. was right next door, but we, we didn't go to Denny's. Uh, the Nugget was directly across the street from Denny's. You know, we lived in that little apartment complex where you were born. You right. know, we lived there in the first apartment that yeah, we lived in. the establishment. In our one-bedroom apartment where, you know, you slept in the hallway. Yeah, that, that was that was my bedroom, the hallway. That's right. Yeah, and we were right between the Denny's and the and the Nugget. <laughs> Wait, did you guys ever go to the Rams Horn? Uh, yeah, we still have the Rams Horn. Uh, of course, back then we were really restricted. We could only go within the city limits uh-huh. of Rochester. Now uh, it's a lot looser. Guys can pretty much go wherever they want to. But uh, the Rams Horn was outside of our jurisdiction, so we couldn't go to the Rams Horn. But the Rams Horn is still still there and going strong i love it i love it um well let's go let's go get a drink at the ram's horn when i'm home next week and uh maybe get a coney or two and uh we'll catch up 
Yeah, sounds good. Awesome. Thanks, Pops. I'll talk to you guys in a bit, all right? All right. See all you guys. Bye-bye. Later. Bye, Mark. Bye. Bye. Well, everyone, go go uh, check out if you've never been to one of your local diners. Go do it. Go get to know your local diner waitress. They're all just like national treasures. Yeah, maybe maybe cancel your plans for that real fancy gastro pub. Put it aside and go get go yourself to a diner ten times exactly for that same amount. All right, guys, here's a tip. I need one. Hold on one second. I got a tip. Oh, I. You know what? I have one too. Okay. Oh. Okay. Here's a tip. If you have a shitty car like me and you don't have um, Bluetooth and you have a million cords and you're trying to plug them into your phone so you can listen to your podcast, I found out that you can actually go on Amazon and you just look at, um, I think it's called like uh, Radio Jack Bluetooth adapter and it literally plugs into where the cord where like um, uh, it's got like a I went. I, I don't sound even, guy. Yeah, what's the thing called on the adapt the the auxiliary input? Thank you. I was gonna <laughs> say in. I was gonna say pinky sized cord, <laughs> <laughs> but you get one of those and literally it it um, Bluetooths to your phone, so it can you can imagine as if you have a brand new car. Wow! And it works, and you can still charge your phone at the same time. It's changed my life. Hell to the yeah. Um, guys, here's a tip. If you are struggling sometimes with creativity or like me, um, just a real down week, the weather was bad. I was feeling really low. I highly recommend rearranging a room just for fun. Even if you go right back to how it was, it like really worked my brain out of a, just a weird funk, got my creative juices flowing. And I actually ended up rearranging a good portion of my house and found the maximum flow. Feng shui. Feng shui. That's awesome. I love a good rearranging of furniture. It really felt good. Here's a tip. If you have an extra $65 lying around, you can get yourself a pretty badass water pick off Amazon. Um, And water picks, if you guys don't know, are water flossers that help like spray any excess food or bacteria out from between your teeth and clean your gums. And it turns out, ladies, I have some deep pockets, not the kind of deep pockets I was hoping to have at age 40. (laughs) Um, But I, it really gets up in there and helps keep everything nice and clean. I've had my teeth feel so clean and so good. Mm -mm. I'm in. Let's go eat. I know. Yeah. I'll have a double stack, please. Hey, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please review us on iTunes and follow, subscribe, do all the things. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Baby, we in your face.